Hey, welcome to the Shelleys. <laughs> My name's Seth Shelley. And I'm Kayla Shelley. And, and we are the Shelleys. <laughs> Was I supposed to say that with you? I thought you would. I looked at you. Didn't you already say we were the Shelleys? It's possible. Oh, man. We got a good one planned for you this week. I mean, first off, let me just say, I'm just so grateful that you're listening. Because you don't know us. Some of you do. But... I don't know. Someone asked what our whole, the point of our podcast was about. What do you think it's about for you? And don't say nothing because like that's, you know. Well, it's kind of about everything. I described it today. Someone compared it to Seinfeld. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of like about everything, but also about nothing. Yeah, like it they're, is. Like it's not like, you know, a true crime podcast where the continual theme is going to be about murderers and stuff it's not like that it's just kind of about whatever pops up so we we joined this thing where it's like hooking you up with other podcasters for guest appearances and whatnot for the sole purpose of selfishly growing our audience like i'm not gonna lie that's the reason we did that Um, because we love for lots of people to listen but the point of this thing is to try and connect you with other podcasters and so we thought naturally like maybe we'd be Fitting into like the parent, parenting, family kind of lifestyle. I don't know. Podcast thing. But uh, yeah, we're trying to do this trailer and explain what our podcast is about. And we had a hard time because we don't really have a stated goal. Everyone says that like, what's your why? Anyways, I'm just blabbing on and on and on. But the good segue, the good transition is to the reason we started this is really I'm fairly extroverted. I'm an extroverted person. I like to do things like this. Would you agree? You are. Yeah. We, we, what's one of the things we always hear when we're like visiting with people back in the days when you were allowed to do that and not get arrested? <laughs> people always say, because you might not know, I'm asking you questions that I know the answer to, but I don't know if you do. Like you're always doing something new? Yeah. People say, oh man, Kayla, how do you keep up? How do you put up with him? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and part of that's just because I'm always doing stuff. I like doing wild Wild, crazy new things. So this podcast is one of them. Seth is like, uh, gets his, and I admire him for it because I'm not like that, but he gets an idea or sees something new he wants to try and he just kind of goes fully into it, like hundred percent into it. hundred percent. Just give yeah. it. So I watch He's a lot of. He's not scared to take leaps and do something new. It's true. I watch a lot of media. So I watch a lot of YouTube and listen to a lot of podcasts. And I always think, man, why don't we do something like that? We would do a really great one. It would be the best. But I think that's sometimes a little arrogant. Like I'm I'm typically overconfident, right? Yeah. But then because I come up with some bad <laughs> some really bad ideas. So I in the summer I thought, oh man, I love hunting podcasts. And our daughter is 10 and she just started hunting. So why don't I start like a hunting podcast, like a father-daughter <laughs> hunting podcast or like YouTube channel or something. Yeah, that's what it was, YouTube channel. <laughs> and so as we're going over the ideas, Kayla's like, well, what would you name it? I was like, I don't know, something cool, <laughs> something great. Do you remember the name, I came, the name I came up with? Here it is, folks. It was Little Kid Hunter. Oh, man. <laughs> this is why you need to be married to somebody. Who's opposite of you because they catch these things. Because it's like, uh, are you hunting little kids? 
So we did not start that channel. It did not happen. No. Put the brakes on that one. But that's just a good example of like the extrovert introvert thing. I'm an external processor. You didn't actually say that I'm an introvert. I think everyone knows that. I by am the, an introvert by the amount of time I spend talking. Maybe I don't know. I think I keep up with you pretty good. No, but you're more introspective. Would you say you're an internal processor or an external processor? Internal. Yeah, and that creates a lot of problems for us maritally. Yes. Especially when we're fighting. Like, yeah. that's a hard one. I want to we've, talk it out. We've had to kind of come to compromise in the way that we fight or disagree. Because when we were first together, Seth, <clears throat> I mean, he comes from a big family. So, and they're very all kind of um, in your face. Let's talk about this. Like, talk over each other's a competition. It's like, and it's good. It's fine. But I was raised where it was just me and there wasn't anybody to do that with. So when we would fight, I would go quiet. I remember the first time you came to my house and we were all just having a good time, like me and my siblings. And you were like, why are you guys always fighting? I was like, yeah. what are you talking about? We're not fighting. We're just talking. But I would I'd clam up. Like I would shut down. I would go quiet. I didn't want to talk. I needed space to internalize and like think about what we were just fighting about before I was able to actually like talk about it. It drives me nuts. Whereas Seth was like, come on, let's go. We got to talk about it now. Talk about it now. What, why are you just, oh, you're just going to stare at the window. You're not going to say anything. And that was a huge learning curve for the both of us. I feel like there's a time bomb. Like when I get into an argument with you, I feel like there's a time bomb. Like we have 10 minutes to solve this problem. <laughs> That's what I feel why like. Why 10 minutes? I don't know. It's like there's this sense of urgency. Like, oh, we have to figure this out right now. Probably because I'm from a big family, so if you had a problem, you literally didn't have a whole lot of time because there'd be another problem coming. So if you want resolution <laughs> to your problem, it has to get solved now. <laughs> I can't wait. And that's been hard because I, I, I do want to solve things like immediately, whereas you want to ruminate on them and stew in it. And it's, I think it's, it's usually better. Like Usually when we go your route, it's better. It's and healthier. it's not always stewing. Sometimes it's stewing for yeah, sure. Like if it's stewing. a really heated argument, sometimes I just want to like totally beat you up in my mind for a while before I'm ready to calm down enough to talk about it. Yeah. But most of the time it's like I either need to chew on things you've said to me or I need to think about how I can communicate my feelings to you. Yeah. So I'm not just blurting out hurtful in the moment things. Well, and you always think I'm so. trying to hurt your feelings, but that's the difference between an external and an internal processor. I have to say the things for them to make sense to me. Like I have to like get those words out there and wrestle with them. And you don't do that. So every time I'm just like talking through a situation, you're taking such offense to it. But then on the flip side, when you don't talk, I take offense to that. I'm like, oh man, you stonewalling me? You stonewalling me? And then just, man, but we've learned to not fight as much. Yeah, we don't fight very much at all anymore. No. Kids help it's you just not care about things anymore. Having kids and trying to keep a family going, like you stop caring about the little things. Well, and you just don't have the same amount of time to sit and or energy overthink everything either. Yeah. It's You're too busy. It's just too much going you on. Kind of learn the flow of your family and go with it. You know, we did this thing. This is how I would describe my family. We, we have chickens, right? And so we would catch these mice in our grain bucket and we would throw the mice into the chicken coop because the chickens, I don't know, they like protein, so they eat the mice. And uh, 
the chickens go nuts and they just start going after this mouse until one of them's got it and they can eat it. And uh, that's how I picture my family with a topic. There's just such a sense of urgency to get it done. I don't even know where that comes from. We just never really sat around and thought about things long enough to... But that's not even true either because it would take us a long time to get through an issue. But we're external processors. It's just not you. Not all of you are external processors. No, not all of us. When but I mean, when you go, who cares what the internal processors think? Though, when you go, <laughs> no one's got That's time for that. <laughs> I feel you, internal processors. Yeah, it's, I get it. It's hard though. I, I don't know how to do that in my brain. Like if I can't, I feel like words are a tangible way for me to deal with something, and I need that tangible, tactile, discuss it, get it out there, say it, and if I say it and I know I'm wrong. Like, if I can say something that's untrue, it's way easier for me to accept that than if I think something that's untrue. Whereas you're just so selective about what you say that typically whenever you speak, it's how you truly feel, which yeah. that really hurts when you do say something. But it's I, I admire that yeah. because you don't just speak your mind all the time like me. It gets me in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I, well... Well, it's just hard for people to know that I don't I think, mean everything I say. I think people appreciate honesty, but it's some people are taken aback when the honesty flies out so fast. That's all. Or when the things I say aren't even necessarily honest. Not because I'm lying, but I don't even necessarily believe what I'm saying. I just need to say it to see if I believe it. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Uh, this is... It makes sense to me because... So, when Seth was in grade 12... I used to help him with essays and stuff because he had all this information in his brain and he just kind of had to talk it out loud, like say it out loud for it to make sense to him. So when he had to actually slow down enough to formulate complete sentences and stuff on paper, (laughs) no, on paper, like transitioning all of the ideas and thoughts you had in your brain, I'm not meaning it as an insult. You had to slow the thoughts down in your brain in order to keep up with the pen. Yeah, some would say and I'm too smart. So then you would think that you're putting out complete sentences on paper, but then you would look back and read and you're like, that's like half a sentence or like two sentences combined into one. So I, he would say it out loud and I would formulate it into like proper grammar and sentence structure. One was him. my English teacher, Mrs. Abby, who caught that because she said one day when I handed in an essay, and I love Mrs. Abby for this because I, I truly believe she's changed my life because I had all these ideas in my head. That I didn't really know how to get out. And you might say, well, I don't know. I don't know what you'd say. But she, she said to me one day, "You, when you write these essays, they suck. Well, paraphrasing. They're not good. But if I ask you these questions in class, you know the answers and you can articulate what you think and what you feel about it. So what's the disconnect? And then she's the one who suggested, why don't you talk your essays out to somebody and help them capture those ideas and put them on paper? And that was like revolutionary. Like, I feel like now I can write a lot better because of that. Yeah. And I think, man, teachers get, for as much as people complain about teachers, they don't get enough credit for the power they have to change someone's life. Well, yeah. And then you stick like 20 to 30 kids, each with their own unique things in a classroom and trying make sure it's a good learning environment for all yeah. of them is i i don't know that i could do it yeah it'd be hard it'd be pretty tough 
it could be too tricky. But what do you do? You have any teachers that you think of as like your best teacher growing up? Favorite teacher? Actually, one of my college professors. Her name was Karma. Actually. Karma. Why was yeah. she so good in your brain? She was very personal, like um, very relatable. Uh, had an open door policy in her office, so anything you wanted to come talk about, she was there to talk to. Um, she had like year end barbecues at her own house, mm-hmm. like uh, just invested in you. Invested, yeah, yeah, that's a good word for it. Just invested. She wasn't disconnected. She wasn't there just for the money. She was there for the kids and to make sure that they had their needs being met. So I appreciated that the most. I don't even know where I would start. I'm too sentimental. I love all my teachers too much. <laughs> Maybe like in an unhealthy level. All of them? All of them. Mrs. Cody, my kindergarten teacher. Mrs. Larrabee, my grade one, two, three teacher. Mr. Ald, Mrs. Carges, four, five, six. Like I could just keep going. I love all, for the most part, every teacher I've had. Because I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like... What, didn't you have a bad drama I, teacher? <laughs> no, not a drama teacher. I, I had some teachers that I had hiccups with, but I still think that like... The investment, I don't know, maybe it's because I came from a big family. And so, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I just love teachers, for the most part. They're, a good teacher will change your life. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's a bad, but on the same shoe. Well, on the same, what's the expression there? On, on the, the same hand? foot. On the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> a bad teacher will ruin your life. So just make sure you have a good one. I don't know how you do that, but. Would you ever be a teacher? No. Why not? I <laughs> I remember saying that I wasn't sure if I ha- would have my own kids because I didn't like kids. Oh, you're so good with them, though. And everyone always told me that. Even when I was younger, like a teenager, all the kids in church and stuff wanted that I used to babysit or teach at, in Sunday school. They always wanted to sit with me. They always wanted to hang out with me. I know why. And that's what everyone always said. But you're so good with them. Like, they just, they really like you. But I just, I don't think I could handle a whole classroom of kids every day. Maybe past the preteen age. I know why. I feel like I can relate or talk to or get through to teenagers more than I could kids. That preteen stage is the worst yeah, but you're good with preteens too. I don't know. I know why I know why everyone wants all the kids love you. Why? Because you are invested. So this is why I think you're afraid of it or you wouldn't do it is because you invest so much into an individual. I'm not saying that just to butter you up, but I think that you're the type of person that you are invested in an individual a lot, like to the extreme. And I think you get that from your mom. Like your mom's not very willing to just love everybody, whereas like that's where you and I differ. I'm willing to just love everybody a little bit, whereas you want to love very few people a lot. And so everyone loves you for it because you're invested in them. Do you think that's related to being an introvert? I think so. I think for sure. Because you're not looking for people. I don't want to say that I'm looking for people to like help me process, but I am in some ways. Yeah. I look at people some ways like I just need their reaction and so I feel like in some ways I'm harvesting their emotions <laughs> from my own emotions. Whereas you, <laughs> it's the opposite. Like you're invested in, in someone. Which is why I think as parents, we do a pretty good job. Because I'm, I'm okay to, you know, get the kids all riled up. 
and and see the emotional response to what we're doing, whether it's hunting or fishing or canoeing or laughing or dancing, but you're very more in tune to them as individuals. And I think that's a good balance. But I think that's an introvert thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you agree? Do you think I'm wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong. I think each one comes with harder, with hard challenges. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I think the challenge for me, and then you can share on the challenge for you. I think the challenge of being an extrovert is like I already said, you kind of run the risk of harvesting people's emotions or at least their response because you're always looking for their, uh, what would you call it, validation. You're looking for the laugh. You're looking for the cries. You're looking for how they respond to what you're doing to validate and make you feel secure about what it is you're doing. And so I find myself in that trap where it's like, if you're not responding to me, which is why I don't like when you don't talk, when we're arguing, I feel like I'm invalidated. So what do you think the challenge for an introvert is? Well, when you have a very small amount of people and you invest heavily into them, I think when that friendship or relationship or whatever changes or doesn't pan out it just makes it hurt a lot more. Yeah. It's not as easy to be like, oh, it was just kind of a surface thing or um, it doesn't matter because I've got 10 other friends for this one that I lose. It's like I've got like <laughs> maybe one other friend. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm okay with having a lot of acquaintances and very few friends where you would rather have less acquaintances and more friends. That's how I would see it. I think that's probably pretty typical for an introvert. Like you're not so interested in having like uh, peripheral, like fringe people in your life that you don't really know a whole lot about where I'm totally fine with that. I just don't have the emotional energy to do that. Yeah. See, but I harvest their emotions. I'm like an emotional vampire. (laughs) You feel feel your emotions back up from them. Which is – it's a scary place to be sometimes. Because I tend to drain out my emotions or or like – take on other people's emotions and that's draining Mm -hmm. so i don't have the emotional capacity or mental capacity to do it with a large group of people like it's very small Mm -hmm. it's hard for me because being an extrovert leaves you feeling somewhat like a vampire in the sense that you're always needing that response and when you don't get it you feel like you don't have any life and it's hard yeah i think on the same way it's hard for you because you feel like it's hard to just get that real uh, deep relationship where you don't have to worry about that. I think they both have their challenges. Sure. That's why I'm so grateful that I'm married to you and you're not an extrovert. Uh, it would drive me nuts if you were an extrovert. If we were both competing. Oh, yeah. I said that in one of our yeah. earlier episodes. It's like I don't know you, how we do it. You would just always feel the constant need to compete. Well, yeah, because that sense of competition comes from we'd both be looking for the same reaction. Yeah. We'd both want the same response. And I'm thankful that... That doesn't fuel you. I like that. People always ask that too. Like when we first got married, well, are you going to be okay marrying someone who's a little quieter and more reserved? It's like, well, yeah, then I get all the laughs. (laughs) 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 Everyone will pay attention to me. No one will pay attention to her. I don't mean that that way. You know what I mean, though. But it's come with good things too. Like it's not that we've always just stayed where we were at either. Like, I have come out of my shell huge amounts from oh, when we podcast. were first together. Or even in person. Like, I was the type that if I was being introduced to someone new, I would mumble my name. I My face would go red. I'd feel sweaty. I'd feel really uncomfortable. And now I could talk in front of 
people no problem i remember you made it as a joke but i remember one of our first conferences we went to you said just don't tell anybody i'm your wife (laughs) (laughs) it's like tell them i'm somebody else (laughs) it's like you just didn't even want to be attached to that but seth's job comes with speaking in public forums and he loves to tell stories and point things out about me so i've kind of been forced to be a little less introverted well i think everybody also assumes that we're just identical because i think people look at a quieter person or introverted person or an extroverted person and you i guess the assumption would be that they're only going to be married to someone that's similar to them but that's not always the case we're living proof yeah i wonder i wonder anybody listening do you find that are you married to an extrovert are you an extrovert and married to an extrovert is it hard i imagine it would be tremendously difficult or even if you're both introverts man can you imagine how long our fights would be if we were both introverted we'd still be fighting over the same thing that we first fought over <laughs> Because we'd never talk about it. No, we talk about it eventually. Because I takes make us you a little longer. I make you. I can't not talk about it. You would be fine. Imagine all the like free time and like quiet time you'd have if you were for reading books. Introverts. Yeah, you'd love it. I just can't imagine. Like you would, not that you'd never want to resolve it. I think you would be fine with resolving it in your own head, void of my opinion. Maybe. And I can't solve things that way. Yeah. I have to have your input. Sometimes if I don't get your input, I just look for other people's input to replace your input with. I'm like, well, I wonder what that guy on the corner thinks. I bet he agrees with me. Hey, you. Come here for a minute. <laughs> i got to explain something to you. It's like, hey, let me Tell me your around. thoughts. <laughs> we run into that at restaurants all the time. Like Two weeks ago, we were at Mr. Mike's. And uh, I was like, hey, waiter, do you think I'd, think I'd look cool with face tattoos? Because <laughs> I wanted him to agree with me because I'm like, I need to resolve this externally. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder. We can't be the only people like this. No. But you know what's great, though? I just want to say this on the record. Doing this with you. It's a lot of fun. It is fun. I think you have a really unique, wonderful perspective that people need to hear. Thanks. I I believe that. So for all five people listening, (laughs) moms included, listen to what Kayla says. It's, It's funny. I've talked to two people about this today, about how, like, we're busy. We've got two horses we've got like a dozen chickens we've got a dog a cat we've got four kids uh jobs you well, know life, i have a job i have a job i'm just on maternity leave yeah. we're just busy people we have very busy lives like it's hard to slow down and so this is actually the first time in probably years where we've just sat and actually had like big conversations or lengthy conversations together where oh, it hasn't it. just been Oh, we got to make lunches for the kids tomorrow. Oh, I'm too tired to talk. Or I'm going to have a bath and read a book. Or I've got to go and split firewood or go feed the horses. Or, you know, like it's just life gets busy. So it's, yeah, it's been kind of nice just to slow down and connect and talk and do it with people who can listen and get more life advice from like we can get more life advice from people if they Yeah, want we're not to share. we're not hoping or thinking that we can offer you life advice. We do no. hope, however, maybe that we could highlight or demonstrate the fact that it's okay to be opposite from your partner. Yeah. Like I think that's our biggest strength. I think so too. And we know lots about parenting. We're so good at parenting. The best. We're just so good. We never get stressed out or anything. No. I didn't yell at my kids before bed tonight. <laughs> No, never. That's never happened. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts? 
as our cat is now up on the table. Yeah, can you hear my cat? Oh, oh he's, putting his he's face like up. purring into the microphone. He wants to be heard too. He's an, he's not an introvert. He's like me. It, it, he is. He's a very he's such an he's extroverted an cat. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts? Um. Yeah, it's you don't have to find someone who's opposite, but find someone who you can mesh well with and learn things from. Because I've learned a lot from Seth, and I hope he's learned some things from oh, me too. Done. But let's communicate. Don't be like me when we were first dating and just like clam up. Learn how to. No, I don't agree with that because that taught me to not overbear. No, no, no. I mean, like I used to clam up and not talk about things yeah but and that you taught kind me of how to slow down how. and not force people to talk i think it, i wouldn't change anything i'm glad you did that oh, okay. it taught me how to slow down and think but get out of that eventually you got to eventually learn how to communicate well yeah that's true my closing thought is you know how interesting it would be to have a podcast hosted by two introverts <laughs> just be like white noise <laughs> like listening to nothing <laughs> Like, hey, here's an idea. What do you think about the, what's going on in the world? Hmm. Hmm. Or two extroverts where hmm. it's just like hmm. talking over each other and no one can hear what you're actually saying. <laughs> A podcast hosted by two introverts would be like, this week we're going to talk about uh, tattoos. Tune in next week to see how far we've gotten on thinking about that. <laughs> or, yeah, I've got four. Yeah. Oh, tattoos. Isn't that what okay, they draw bye. on your body? <laughs> <See you later. laughs> It'd be the worst. Well, it would be the worst. Come on. Give us introverts a little bit of credit. Yeah, I guess. Mm. Well, I just want to say thanks for joining us this week. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah. Did you have a closing thought? Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, don't clam up. See, he's so extroverted looking for things for himself. He doesn't even hear what I'm saying. All right, thanks for stopping by, everybody. Okay, bye.